Hello and welcome. You're listening to our Market Lane Coffee Podcast. This episode is a part of our Coffee Rollout series where we introduce new coffees to our team. I'm Einar and today I'm here with Jason, the, the director of coffee. Um, Jason is a coffee buyer for Ethiopia and has been to Ethiopia several times. The coffee we're talking about today is Verka. Hi Jason. Hi everyone, how are you? Hi Anna. <laughs> I'm well, how are you? Um, how many times have you been to Ethiopia now? Uh, three times now. And last time was in? Uh, 2018 with Miller. Great. So Verka is a coffee that a lot of people might remember from last year. It's a uh, well, different harvest. It's also a different process. So last year was the washed uh, coffee. And this time we got Verka natural, both as filter and espresso. Yeah, we've been getting more natural coffees from Ethiopia. Traditionally, we um, have stayed away from natural coffees at Market Lane, but this has changed in the last few years. And it's mostly because the quality is just keeps getting better and better of uh, natural processed coffees. In particular, from Ethiopia, we're just seeing some really high quality natural processed coffees from areas that wouldn't traditionally do natural. So in Ethiopia, you would get natural processed coffees from the eastern part of the country or in Harar and the dry areas. And then the, the west and the southeast, the southwest, would all just do washed process because it's, it's wetter, it's harder to do natural process. But um, they have more control these days and they take more care and more time and the quality has been really outstanding. So. And comparing the information on the back with Verka last year, apart from the process, last year the coffee would uh, come from Sidamo and uh, um, it says Elum varietals, whereas yeah. this year... Uh, it says West Aussie as region, and the varietal is Jark Seven Four One One Two. Yeah, although it is the same coffee. It's the same coffee from the same place by the same people, but we're just getting better information out of Ethiopia every year. So, and um, we'll talk a little bit more about the variety, but basically just broadly, even with the regions, where we're just finding yeah more information and and getting better at describing exactly where the washing stations are that we're getting the coffee from. And then that extends to the variety as well. So we're just getting, you know, more and better information about uh, what variety they're planting around the washing station. So Sidamo is quite a, a large area and then West Asia is in the north of Sidamo. Yep, that's right. So broadly, I would categorize Ethiopia into two sort of large areas. There's uh, west of the Rifali and then east of the Rifali. Um, on the eastern side, there's basically the dry areas like Harar. And then as you move across the country, you come to Sidamo, places like Yogeshev and Guji. And then you go down the Rifali and then you keep going west and you come to places like Jima and Kaffa, Wilega, Benchmaji, places like that. So for those of you who don't know exactly where Ethiopia is, it's, it's in the eastern part of Africa. Its neighboring countries are like Somalia, Kenya, South Sudan, and a, a very small country called Djibouti. What about Worka? That's the washing station. Yes. Oh, sorry. So Worker, yeah, Worker is located in, in Sidamo. It's in the uh, West Arsi coffee area of Sidamo. And that's basically the, the northeastern part of Sidamo. In the past, all the coffees that we had from Ethiopia has been called heirloom varietals, but we're seeing a change in, in that as well. Mm-hmm. Can you explain about the varietals? Yeah, so heirloom, describing the coffees from Ethiopia as heirloom is technically correct. Um, it was basically the best way we could think to describe the coffees coming from different washing stations from um, different areas uh, without being too specific, I guess. But we can be a bit more precise in the way we describe the varieties. And I guess we can go into a little bit more about 
how varieties are chosen for particular washing stations in particular areas of Ethiopia and how they came about. But I guess we should start off by like describing there are three main types of coffee varieties that we can describe. So I would say there are land race varieties. And a land race is either a selectively cultivated variety or a variety that's grown wild. So those varieties I would use to describe coffee varieties that have come from the forest and smallholders have gone into the forest, selectively picked a few cherries and plants and then and then use that to plant their own small coffee farms. Um, the second is um, some selections and the jark selection is one of those things. So these types have been a similar process to the land race varieties where they've been selected from a forest but more on a professional or industrial scale. Um, so with the jark varieties in the 70s and 80s a research institute called the Jimmer Agricultural Research Centre uh, was charged with finding varieties that was resistant to coffee berry disease and varieties that would do well with you know lower water use and varieties that would suit certain areas. Um, so they went and did a number of different selections into um, natural coffee forests and they went into forests like um, Bench Magi area, like areas um, around Sadamo as well, um, around the Jimma zone to find as many varieties as they could. I think they found about 700 different coffee varieties and they did a lot of test planting and seeing what the yield was like on these varieties. Um, and with those 1974-75 selections, they came out with a large number of varieties that they thought would suit particular areas. And I think they've released about 40 in total of these selections. Um, and they include varieties named from the 74-75 series as like 74112 and 74110 and sort of dry names like that. Uh, some of the other selections have names like Woosh Woosh or Jera or, you know, Harag, which is named after the area it's selected. So basically these selections were taken from, yeah, from wild forests, wild populations of coffee chosen for their best quality and then distributed out to different areas and washing stations for the benefit of the growers there. In the 80s and 90s, we saw a really big increase and a big improvement in the coffee quality from Ethiopia and coffee farmers were able to produce a lot more coffee and to produce coffee with varieties that were resistant to yeah, coffee berry disease and funguses and stuff like that. And some of these varietal names you probably recognize from other areas like Woosh Woosh, you can see that planted at Columbia. Now the Ethiopian, especially the research facility, they're quite protective of the varieties and, and their intellectual property, if you can call it that, or the genetic intellectual property of Ethiopia. And sort of rightly so, because you know they do have these really special um, types and varieties of coffee. And you know if they're planted in other areas of the world, they can definitely make large amounts of money from these varieties because of their special taste. Initially they got out of Ethiopia through um, a variety of different means, but if we take um, geisha for example, um, the geisha variety was part of the selection made by Jack in the 70s and it was taken to the research center and they found that it was a it was a resistant variety to some funguses and stuff. From there it was taken, and we don't quite know how, but it was taken to different labs around the world and places like Costa Rica or India. Um, and then from there, it's taken to Panama. And, and then we go into the Hacienda Esmeralda geisha story. I think it, it has happened a few times. I don't, I don't foresee it happening quite a lot more in the future because unless they license it somehow, but they are unable to do that. So, so you tried to buy some some the old seeds when you were in Ethiopia? <laughs> well, not quite, but we did. When we were in Jimma, I did ask our, our exporter, Mr. Adani, if we could visit the Jimma Agricultural Research Center because he actually worked there in the 70s. So he was part of, part of the tasting team that that did some of the quality control in these varieties. And I really wanted to visit and see the garden and take photos next to the, you know, geisha sign and stuff like that. But um, 
it's closed to visitors. <laughs> that reflects how sort of protective they are over it. So the research done by Jarko the Jima Agricultural Research Center uh, seems quite region specific and they're not really sharing the uh, different varietals that they found and discovered classified uh, between different regions in Ethiopia, is that right? It's right. I mean, they, it's not that they're not sharing, it's that they chose the particular varieties for particular regions. So they, they did test plants and of different varieties in different regions and they selected you know, particular types for particular regions. So, yeah, it's not that they're not sharing, but, you know, in the 80s, the government basically put it, put the coffee out to the to the people. So it would take the, you know, seedlings from Jark or they would propagate seedlings in the different regions and basically just hand them out so that people would use them. Um, so it's not that, it, yeah, that they're not sharing. It's just that they didn't probably disclose exactly why they were choosing particular varieties or whatever it was. They just said, this is the best variety for this area. You should use this. And then people used it. I should also mention that it's a combination. So it's not just these one selection types that sometimes it's, you know, it's the one type that they grow, like this um, 74110 type that they grow, but they also might, they might be small producers that take selections from the forest and, and grow those varieties as well and contribute to these washing stations. So on the, on the bag, we've, we've mentioned this jark variety because it's the most prevalent in the area and most prevalent for the washing station, but it's not absolutely 100% only, you know, 74112. So in a way, Ethiopia is kind of origin of origins. This area where this coffee comes from is where coffee is believed to come from, or especially Arabica coffee. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, it's, it is definitely, well, it's, it's almost definitely where Arabica coffee comes from. And uh, most of the coffee we drink in the world comes from there. So all the Bavon and Tipica types um, originate from Ethiopia. And a lot of the newer varieties like Wush Wush and things like that we saw have come more recently from Ethiopia too. But um, but yeah, definitely Arabica. Arabica's history, it's actually a hybrid between two other coffee species. Um, it's a hybrid between Robusta and a, another species called Nandi. Yeah, so Arabica is a hybrid between the two species. At, at this point when it did become a hybrid, it was it was probably likely in Ethiopia, but it could have been South Sudan or somewhere very close, but likely it was Ethiopia. They still find Nandi coffee and Robusta planted in similar areas together or they find it wild in similar areas so despite that they think the hybridization only happened once like genetically they've tested and found that um, it probably was a single event that that produced arabica and the hybridization caused some interesting sort of side effects or interesting changes in the species as well so i went from having 22 chromosomes to having 44 and one of the unusual things that this allowed arabica to do that robusta and nandy can't is that it can self-pollinate. You know, if you have one plant by itself, it will flower, it can pollinate its own flowers and it will produce fruit. And in the wild, it's not that common for things to do this unless they're modified a little bit or they're particular white acre crops or things like that. It really does reduce the genetic diversity of, um, of the plant itself because instead of having genetic material from two plants, you have genetic material from the one only. Yeah, that's sort of the, the history of Arabica where it came from. It was, it was named in the, um, the 18th century by someone who thought, as they all did, that um, coffee came from, from Yemen or Arabia, as it was called then. So it was called you know, Coffee Arabica rather than, I don't know, Coffee Ethiopia or something. <laughs> so it probably should have. Yeah. Uh, we also made some of the coffee earlier. Do you want to share some of your tasting notes or what do you think about this coffee? Yeah, yeah. this coffee is special for many reasons, but the most special part of this coffee is the flavor. It's really 
complex and layered and very, very interesting. So um, I took some notes earlier, I'll just I'll read off them. Yeah, on the aroma we found it very fruity, like strawberry and peach. And then in the cup, um, in terms of fresh fruit flavors, I tasted like papaya, mango, grape, like honeydew melon, a little bit of orange. Um, I got some fermenting flavors like white wine, like Riesling or something. And then some sort of green, sort of stemmy tomato flavors or like the aroma of tomato leaves or things like that. Um, and then some warming notes is like, you know, darker notes as well, like cacao, um, some sort of woody notes like oak, dark chocolate, fermented cacao, and then a lot of spices as well, like cinnamon, white pepper. Um, overall, a really nice acidity, like fresh peach sort of carries the carries the coffee through on the palate. Yeah, overall, just really layered, complex, um, very interesting. I found it really rich, but not sort of overpowering or weighty. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, I think you, you covered all my tasting <laughs> notes as well. Yeah. I also got the black tea structure. Mm. Uh, interestingly, I got a, a red wine note rather mm. than your Riesling. Sure. Um, I got a, a kind of medium-bodied red, uh, mm. like a Sangiovese from Italy. Maybe, yeah. maybe aged on oak. Very nice. Nice. Uh, Welka comes from the West Asia region of Ethiopia. Varietal is JARC 74112 and the process is natural process. The tasting notes on the bags are cherry and orange with soft spice finish for both filter and espresso roasts. Uh, this coffee retails for $19 for 250 gram and the espresso also comes in a kilo bag for $64 and a cup of the filter brew is $640. It will be iced filter after Romero Twitter Sembere and it will also be the Coffee Club coffee in the last week of June and it will be on the shelf until early September. Yeah, we have a nice long run of this coffee and um, I'm looking forward to tasting it every day. We hope you like this coffee and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening.